Superbrain is a labour of love. Alas, no podcast can survive on love alone. We don't have a sponsor, so we need your support for Superbrain to stay alive and kicking. You can make a one-off donation by following the Support This Show link in the show or episode description. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. My name is Sabina Brennan and you are very welcome to the final episode of season two. When I started the Superbrain podcast, I had no idea how much I personally would benefit from chatting with my guests who have been so generous with their time and incredibly open and honest about their thoughts and feelings. This has been a wonderful journey of self-discovery for me. I have felt uplifted and inspired and I really hope that you have too. As you know, each week I ask my guests for their tips on surviving and thriving in life and it's really quite striking how many of them refer to kindness towards others and towards ourselves as the way that they have found to survive and indeed to thrive. My very first guest of the season, Anna McPartland, said, be kind to yourself and laugh as loud and as long as possible. Something I've had the privilege of doing time and again with the guests on this show. Neuroscientist Pragya Agarwal suggested that when we start reflecting on our own biases and on our prejudice, we become kinder. She also spoke about not putting too much pressure on ourselves. Richard Roper's words of wisdom were not to compare yourself to others. Colin O'Gorman suggested being gentle with yourself. And John Boyne simply said, be kind. So I thought I'd end this season with a little look at the psychology and neuroscience of kindness. What kindness is and is it good for you? So first off, kindness requires action. It's not sufficient to be sensitive to the suffering of others. You must act on it. Sympathy, empathy and cooperation have been critical to the evolutionary success of humans. Kindness actually originates in kinship, you know, so people looking out for their kin and engaging in cooperative activities with them. Of course, then the Victorians come along and they started to associate kindness with women and then with weakness. Anyway, cultivating kindness towards ourselves and others opens our eyes to our commonalities rather than to our differences, allowing us to see the universality of suffering, of pain, of struggle, heartbreak in ways that can help us to feel more connected and less alone, less distressed, less self-obsessed. Research indicates that training people to be kind, and yes, you can train people to be kind, can increase positive emotions, pro-social behaviours and social connectedness. It decreases negative feelings and biases and may even slow down the ageing process. Yes, being kind may actually even make you age more successfully. 
In fact, people who volunteer, which is an act of kindness, tend to experience fewer aches and pains. Giving help to others protects our overall health and actually protects us against heart disease twice as much as aspirin does. People 55 and older who volunteer for two or more organisations have an impressive 44% lower likelihood of dying early. And that's after sifting out every other contributing factor, including physical health, exercise, gender, habits like smoking, marital status and many, many other things. So what's going on in the brain when we're being kind? Well, when you engage in an act of kindness, endorphins are released. Um, And you know from listening to this show that endorphins are those kind of feel-good chemicals. Increased dopamine is produced with endorphin activity and dopamine is a neurotransmitter that is involved in feelings of reward. So kindness is rewarding. And when you're kind to another person, your brain's pleasure and reward centres are activated as if you were the recipient of the good deed, not the giver. So when you're being kind to other people, you actually get the sense of pleasure and reward, um, which has been referred to as the helper's high. Kindness also stimulates the production of serotonin. So this feel-good chemical heals your wounds, calms you down and makes you happy. What's not to like about that? Endorphins are the body's natural painkiller, so kindness can actually reduce pain. Now I want to talk about the love hormone, which is oxytocin. Oxytocin is often referred to as the love hormone or the cuddle hormone, and it's also released when you engage in an act of kindness. This hormone is released after women give birth and also after lovemaking, and it encourages that bonding and connection that you need between mum and baby and also between couples. Oxytocin causes the release of a chemical called nitric oxide, which dilates the blood vessels, lowering blood pressure and protecting your heart. Even witnessing acts of kindness can produce oxytocin. Oxytocin also increases your self-esteem and optimism. Is there a relationship between kindness and happiness? Can kindness make you happier? Well, research involving 136 countries found that people who are altruistic... In this case, people who were generous financially, such as with charitable donations, were the happiest overall. What about kindness and stress? Well, perpetually kind people have 23% less cortisol, which is the stress hormone. In one study, a group of highly anxious participants who engaged in six acts of kindness a week for a month showed increased positive mood, better relationship satisfaction, and the socially anxious individuals who took part became less likely to avoid social situations. So, Kindness can actually be a form of therapy for anxiety. I'm always talking about neuroplasticity, that wonderful feature in the brain that allows our brain to adapt and change with learning, something that's critical for keeping your brain healthy. Well, acts of kindness also create new neural networks in your brain, which is really, really good for your brain health. Essentially, kindness promotes neuroplasticity. So kindness begets kindness. And what I'd love you to do is think about getting the kindness habit. And that's easier than you might think because 
Kindness becomes a self-reinforcing habit that will, by definition, require less effort over time. So exercising or learning to be kind is effortful at first, but then because it's so rewarding and you'll want to repeat it, and then with time, being kind will become effortless. And kindness is contagious. The positive effects of kindness are experienced in the brain of everyone who witnesses the act, improving their mood and making them significantly more likely to pay it forward. This means that one good deed in a crowded area can create a domino effect and improve the day of dozens of people. So think about that. If you're going to say that you'll do one act of kindness a day, consider actually about doing it in a public space because then you might actually encourage other people to be kind and there are health benefits to kindness. It's been linked with better healing, reduced anxiety in patients and more accurate diagnosis by doctors. So that's when the doctors are kind to their patients. In a randomised controlled trial of compassionate care for the homeless in an emergency department, frequent attendees received either usual care or a compassionate care package. The outcome included fewer repeat visits and increased satisfaction with their care in the intervention group. So just because the doctors were more compassionate and kinder, they had better outcomes. FMRI, which is functional imaging, so that MRI scanners that can look into the human brain while someone is actually engaging in an activity. So studies using this show that even imagining being kind and compassionate activates the soothing and affiliation component of the emotional regulation system in your brain. So if you are feeling stressed or anxious, simply thinking about being kind to someone will help to dampen down your anxiety. So, folks, that's it for this week's Booster Shot, which draws season two to a close. Oh, I'll be back in the spring for season three with more great guest interviews and booster episodes. And boy, have I got some amazing guests lined up already. In the interim, I'll still be dropping into your inbox with my own special super brain brand of Monday motivation in less than a minute. And on Thursdays, I'll bring you some snippets from science in 60 seconds or less. My name is Sabina Brennan and you have been listening to Super Brain, the podcast for everyone with a brain. It would be wonderful if you could take a moment to like and rate the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The more likes and ratings I guess, the more people will benefit from the show. Stay safe and be kind to yourself and to others. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.